Welcome to Beyond a Parent, the podcast for Christians seeking clarity for parenting in a confusing world. I'm Jeremy Autry. And I'm Chuck Mead. And Jeremy has taken two Benadryl already this morning. Got some allergies, buddy? You may notice one of two things, or possibly both. A little extra sniffling because I'm having a terrible allergy attack. Mm -hmm. Or I may fall asleep. So that's okay. Either of those are possible. I got him a, a honey almond milk flat white. That from sounds Starbucks. like such a diva drink. It's it's good though, but I think that'll kick in as three we're shots, going through. Three shots. Yep. Of flat white. There was so. three shots. I had a pistachio. Is that how you say it? Pistachio. <laughs> that's latte. how you say it. I'm digging it. It's really good. <laughs> I didn't know how good it was. So, anyways, we're jumping in, and so. We've been talking the past couple episodes about sharing the gospel with your kids, um, which is the most important decision they'll ever make in their entire lives. But is that it? Is that just where the gospel, uh, its only application in our lives is just like bringing us salvation, recognizing we're a sinner, we need to be saved. God's offered a way of salvation through Jesus Christ's death on the cross. So we turn from our sin, we put our faith in Jesus. And boom, that's the gospel. That's it. So then we're just left to ourselves to grow and to look into God's word. And the gospel has no implications for our life. Jeremy, where do we come into the gospel? Uh, This is a stolen statement. Um, Maybe from J.D. Greer's book. No, you probably stole it from someone else. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, The gospel is not just the diving board. It's the pool we swim in. Here's Mm. the concept. The fact that... Even though you chose to be his enemy, even though you chose to do things your way instead of his way, even though you deserved an eternal punishment, God loved you so much. He sent his son to die in your place. Christ came to take the punishment you deserve. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us he died according to the scripture. He was Mm -hmm. buried. He rose again on the third day according to the scripture. And if we turn away from our sin, put our trust in him, we are adopted into his family. Um, But obviously that's not the end. When Christ invited people to join the kingdom, he said, follow me. When I turned away from my sin, I turned to something else. I turned to God. So that means now my identity has changed. I'm no longer serving myself. I'm now living um, in the identity that God created me to live in from Mm -hmm. the very beginning. So now everything else is changed. Mm. Um, And the overlaying principle of everything else I do in my life is the fact that all I deserved was a eternal punishment, but instead I was given sonship. Instead I was adopted into the family of God. So that changes everything. Yeah. So what you're saying is like, that means every day we're faced with um, different, different ideas, different lifestyles, different, just a different way to interpret life and approach life. But we wake up every single day as followers of Christ, not needing to walk through the gospel again, not needing to be saved again. We've, we've been redeemed. We're part of God's family, but now we look at life, everything in life, um, through that lens of the gospel. It affects it, if it's not just a thought, it's not just a mindset, it's just, it like affects our decisions every single day, what we do. Right, because now, when I was born again, I was born as this new creature. I have a new identity. I'm different than I was before. So now mm-hmm. everything, obviously, 
is changed. We were created to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's yeah. the reason he created us, but we were incapable of doing that yeah. until Christ rescued us. But now that we've been rescued, we have this new identity and we have this new life that we are able to live. We still have the choice of whether or not, not just day to day, but moment to moment, we're going to glorify God and we're going to enjoy him. We're going to follow Christ, but that's the gospel. We are now capable of doing that. He loved mm. us enough that he's enabled us to no longer just live for ourselves. We can live for him. Yeah. So as as we think about how that connects to our parenting, and we're going to probably take a whole nother episode to unpack the just the practice, the practicality of parenting our kids through the lens of the gospel. But it first starts with how we view ourselves as parents. So before we get into, okay, how does this affect uh, my discipline of my kids? How does this affect um, what safeguards I put in place? How does this affect the conversations I have with my kids? We've got to first understand how the gospel affects how we see ourselves. So Jeremy, where would you begin that? And you've kind of already mentioned it. Yeah, so it's important to remember, first of all, being a parent is just part of who you are. Yeah. It's not your complete identity. There's more to you than just being a parent. So that's not like the top heading of who you are and everything mm-hmm. else falls under that. The top heading of who all of us are, first of all, is a person created in the image of God, created to glorify him and enjoy him. That's the reason he made us. And then under that is whether or not you're a child of God, mm-hmm. um, and if you are a child of God, now you are adopted into his family. You're a son or a daughter of the king. That's your identity. You are now able, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, because God has defeated death and sin in your life, you can now live a life that brings him glory, brings yeah. you joy as you follow Christ. That's your identity. Yeah. And it's important to remember it's bigger than what your job is. It's bigger than what your education is. It's bigger than what your checkbook says. It's Mm. bigger than these different roles that are important. Spouse, parent, these big important roles, they still fall under the umbrella of the fact that you're a child of the king, adopted into his family, created in his image to enjoy him forever. And to glorify him. That's and I'm reminded, Jeremy, as you're saying that, like, okay, what are some things that the world tries to tell us we put our identity in? And you've already mentioned this. Most of the time you meet someone, you ask them, what do you do? Like, what's your job? So much of society is placed on your profession. And then you said your education. How many times you just see somebody's name listed and then it has in parentheses their highest level of achieved (laughs) education. And then you also have you can find people's identities in just simply what they put in their bio on social media. On Twitter or even on Instagram, you look in their description and people say this is usually what you see is what people identify. This is who they, how they describe, this is who I am. And then I'm also even thinking of more people, some people identify in their allegiance to a sports team. And uh, I know let's you're... Let's go Tar Heels. Yeah, I mean, like, and I have, I'm, I'm thinking about Jeremy, like, I got a big block M for the University of Michigan on the front of my car as a, like, my front decorative license plate, whatever. So, I mean, like, we do that, and none of those things in of themselves are sinful. Right. How do we, how are we tempted, how do we know, like, this is, I'm placing my identity in these, placing our identity in those things over Christ. Yeah, uh, I think 
not to get to um, Christianese, but it falls into what is the top biggest identifier of who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's the number one thing that's most important to me. Ultimately, that's the thing I worship. The word worship comes from worth-ship. And I say this is, or this person, this thing, this concept, this activity, whatever it is, is the thing that's worth most to me. Mm. So if uh, if I say that's my job, then I'm going to find my identity in what I do professionally, and that's going to give me the most purpose in my life, and I'm going to turn to that to try to glorify that and try to get joy from that. If I say that's my spouse, then I find my identity from the fact that I'm married to this person, and then I work hard to show that that person is worth more than anybody else, anything Mm -hmm. else, including God, to me, and I get my joy from that person. So I think um, the fact that we were created to worship, sometimes sin is a perversion of, of a good thing. Instead of worshiping the God we were created to worship, we find these other things, and as we worship those other things, we get our identity in those things. We find our identity from those things. Um, because we also are trying to find our joy, our purpose in this false God that we've set up to worship. Mm-hmm. So when it comes <clears throat> to seeing our identity, first and foremost, who we are, we are in Christ. We are followers of Jesus. We've been changed by him. Then how does that translate into our role as a parent? So I guess really thinking about what you said earlier, Jeremy, and Obviously, this is a parenting podcast, so we're going to bring that up. But it's easy for us to find our identity as a parent, first and foremost, and right. make that who we are. Where do we, how do we see that happening? Is it, because it's got to really, if you think about it, it comes from like a sincere desire to love our kids, maybe. But I mean, like, what, how do we find out and know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let, me, let me back up and say, don't let me forget the question you just asked. But I do want to say this as part of finding our identity in Christ. God doesn't want us to all be cookie cutter. We're exactly the same. We all wear the same clothes and listen to the same music Mm -hmm. and uh, tell the same jokes and have the same hairstyle. Mm -hmm. Uh, He never meant for that. It's okay that after I find my identity in Christ, I have quirky individual things about me that make me unique from everybody else. It's yeah. not just okay. That's how I glorify God, by yeah. being who he created me to be. Right. That's important as a parent, that you embrace that, and that um, you don't try to, to fit in with with all the other people. Because when you come to church, maybe, and you say, hey, this apparently is what a, being a Christian looks like and how they act, and now you're just making that new church or whatever this subset that you're trying to fit into, your idol. Uh, it's okay to be who God created you to be as mm-hmm. part of your identity in Christ. Sorry, I got No, that's good. So what was... <laughs> the connection being like your identity connected to your role as a parent. Okay, yeah, yeah. And like how do we... What does it look like when people find their identity in life as a parent above Christ? Oh, uh, yeah. So um, if we fall into that trap and I say, hey my number one identity, the purpose in my life is my parenting, then what that looks like is my kids are now my idol. Mm. I say, hey, you are worth more than anything else to me. Or how people view my kids are, is my idol. But either way, 
my parenting is a goal to accomplish that thing. So mm-hmm. I'm either putting my kids up on this pedestal as as the the God in my life, yeah. or I'm putting other people and how they see my kids on that pedestal as the God in my life. And I'm doing whatever it takes to use parenting to worship and glorify this idol. So if that's my kids, I'm using my parenting to bring them uh, joy and to glorify my kids and to make them... Um, to make a big deal out of them, to make sure they have all the things that they want, not just the things that they need, that they get to do all the things that they want to do, mm-hmm. that I set them up to go to a good school and have a great career and to enjoy life the way they think life should be enjoyed. So if going to church is a thing that sounds fun to my kid, we're going to do it. If it doesn't, we're going to find something else to mm-hmm. do with that time. If studying God's Word is important to my kid, we're going to do that. If it's not then we're not going to focus on that. So it's not that that Christianity or the Bible or the things of God can't fit into that construct, but they don't have the proper place in that construct because Mm. we've got the wrong person or people at the top, you know? So, um, and if, if instead we're worried about what other people think about our parenting, then now we're trying to make sure our kids fit in with what other people think good kids are supposed to look like. And we're making sure that all the things that we're doing are lining up with that. And then again, God, the things of God, the worship of God, the study of his word doesn't fall into the place that it should because the wrong person is at the top of this construct. This really, I mean, it's not like, doesn't seem to be anything that anyone could necessarily observe from the outside and know for sure this is where you're placing your identity yeah. and this is really just like a self like a self check like really examining ourselves day by day and asking what am i placing my identity in am i really truly seeing my identity in Christ and seeing everything else through that because when we make Christ our identity and not um and when he is Uh, like our life, then that's going to put all other things in our life, even good gifts like kids, jobs, recreational activities, anything, good gifts from him, putting them in their proper place. So only like when we do a really just a check of our hearts and see what has our heart, see where we're devoting our energy, our time, our money, seeing where our hearts are resting because scripture says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Also, and so when we see that and we examine ourselves, God will reveal to us as we're pursuing him, as we're seeking a close relationship with him, he's going to reveal to us, hey, this is where you're really resting more things. And this isn't like a one-time thing, is it, Jeremy? This is like a daily (laughs) examination. Yeah. So if I'm being honest, um, which is scary, uh, there's a few idols that I'm prone to. To put first, and there's a few places that I'm prone to find my identity instead of Christ. Um, I love my job. I can't believe mm-hmm. I get to do what I do, and sometimes I get really caught up in my identity as a pastor, as a children's pastor, and um, and I love, you know, I love to be known as the children's pastor. So as I'm focusing on that, and this is my identity, this is the most important thing to me. Sometimes. I'm prone to use my parenting to glorify that. I'm prone to use my parenting to reinforce that identity. Then I become obsessed with what do other people think a 
children's pastor's kids mm. should look like and act like and wear and watch. And now my decisions aren't made on what's going to glorify God in my kid's life. How do I lead them to glorify God? Instead, my decisions are made on what is going to glorify the pastorship. And the pastorship, is that a real word? Sure. Um, what's going to glorify this role that I love being in, what's going to show off this identity that I love having. So I put that on the throne, you know. Yeah. And then sometimes it's my wife. I love her, and she's the most important thing. My parenting is used to glorify her and to make sure I'm bringing her joy instead of God. And so that may take a back seat to my relationship with my wife, which isn't always the wrong thing, but it is if ultimately I'm putting my wife first. So I'm constantly in danger of putting something else. Um, and often it's just me myself on this, this, uh, the throne and worshiping and finding my identity in these other things. And it's really a daily struggle, Mm -hmm. probably more like a hourly struggle or minute by minute struggle. Um, because when I got saved, I did get the Holy Spirit, and I do have the ability to glorify God, but I still have my sin nature, mm-hmm. and it's still very easy for me to find my identity somewhere else and to put my focus on some idol instead of the true God. Yeah, and that, that's so interesting, too. I don't think that's even—you put in the lens of being a pastor, and it's very—the struggle of having the approval or what other people think of you is high, and I think that's such a big— uh, just such a big temptation for parents, especially new parents, is the approval of others, like making people think, hey, you know, like, got a new baby. Uh, I've got my life together. Hey, we know what we're doing. We're sleep training. We're doing everything exactly the way these people have told us to do. We've got our lives straight. And it's so, and you go on, and this is just in my very, very limited experience as a parent. There are so many different opinions for different things for like, how your children should sleep or what they should eat or screen time or all these different things, so many different opinions. And you go on, and I'm not talking even like scripturally. I'm just talking about different practical ways you raise your kids. And there's so many different opinions. And it's so hard to not make decisions based on what other people think of you. And so I think that comes down to then it does begin to infiltrate spiritually. So there's these expectations of, hey, um, you're, make, you're making sure your kid is getting into this college, right? And then it almost becomes like you scroll through Facebook and it's like a war of whose kid is better. Like yeah. my kid's doing this. Look at how awesome my kid is. Look at what they did. And it's, it's very much like I'm not saying we don't praise our kids I'm not saying we don't use those opportunities to share what great and awesome things God is doing in their lives, but it's so easy to then get into this approval or like comparison battle. And that's really ultimately finding our identity in the praise of men or in approval from other people instead of what Christ says. You can't, you can't praise your kid on Facebook because your kid's not on Facebook. (laughs) You're doing that for yourself. You're not, that's not for your kid. Sorry, I don't mean to make fun of you uh, parents who should show off your kids on Facebook. There's a, there's a place for that. And your, your friends on Facebook want to know about the awesome things that are happening Mm -hmm. in your kid's life, but there's a line there. Yeah. And uh, um, as humans, we're prone to 
cross it. Right. Yeah. And it's just, I, I think I read this, uh, Paul Tripp, you know, he writes some great things on parenting and I read recently how we can see parenting as ownership or ambassadors. And it's very easy for us to fall into, Hey, as a parent, I, um, and this falls into our identity. Like I am the owner, like I manage everything and we're going to really flesh this out. I know more in the next episode, but we've got to understand part of our identity as parents under the umbrella of followers of Jesus Christ is I am an ambassador for my kid. They are not mine. They are God's and they're, I have them under my roof for just a season and um, I've got to understand really not just my parenting, but all of life as one of being an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I'm representing Jesus Christ to my kids, to my neighbors, to my coworkers. That's my role yeah. because of my identity as a child of God. So our role, first and foremost, we have to see that our role isn't just parenting. Our role is to glorify God, yeah. enjoy him as we follow Jesus. So like you said, it's being an ambassador for Christ in every setting that we find ourselves at mm-hmm. work, with our neighbors, at uh, Walmart, driving down the road when somebody cuts you off, yeah. all of those things. And then parenting is this subset of that role that has to follow along. We, mm-hmm. in our parenting, are still glorifying God, seeking to enjoy Him, following Christ, and then being an ambassador to our kids in our house, not being the king, not being the owner in our house. Um, I'm feeling great conviction as I Mm -hmm. think about that. But instead, leading our kids and modeling for our kids what it looks like to love God and to follow Him and to enjoy Him and to want to glorify Mm -hmm. Him and seeing that as my chief identity, my, my overarching this is the main thing of who I am, modeling that for our kids and leading them in that. That's our role in a nutshell as yeah. parents. That's the reason God put these kids in your house so that you could introduce them to him and, and say with your life, taste and see that the Lord is good, mm. not uh, you better sit the way I want you to sit at dinner, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like uh, I'm really bad personally at mixing these two things up. And I think part of we would we can't talk about our identity in Christ and how that affects us as parents without understanding how grace has an impact on who we are and how sometimes we think, okay, grace, but for by grace, we are saved through faith. So grace is the way we're saved. Now it's up to me to work and to earn God's favor and to do all these things in my own strength. And we got to understand, like, grace is the only way we glorify God. And so uh, we've got to understand, like, grace is not just the uh, same thing. Like, grace, the grace of the gospel is not just a, a doorway into salvation, but it is the house we live in. We need grace every single day. And so uh, when we talk about showing grace, and we're going to talk about showing grace to your kids, but really we've got to understand how desperately we need grace on a daily basis, but also understand that God offers his grace to us, does not expect absolute perfection. And but and we need that grace every single day as parents. Yeah, it's parenting from this perspective is a two-sided coin, obviously. We have, we're supposed to be at work 
following Christ means Mm -hmm. doing things. So we're supposed to be actively parenting, shepherding, leading our kids, and modeling for our kids. We don't get to just give somebody else that responsibility or, or, you know, just fall asleep Mm -hmm. at the wheel. But at the same time, God doesn't expect us to be perfect. God doesn't expect us to do that on our own. God doesn't expect us to do every aspect of introducing him to them. Like there's God is this big, infinite God that we can't do all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's grace for your humanity. There's grace for your mistakes. There's grace for your imperfections. There's grace for your limitations. You don't have to be everything, but you got to be something. You got to be in the game. Right. Um, So there's a balance there. Yeah. We don't use grace as a license or an excuse to sin or to not be engaged in parenting. But especially as we go through this, Jeremy, and we'll probably think of this every episode, there's going to be something we talk about as we pursue God's will for parenting. When I know me and Jeremy included, and then many of you listening are going to think, man, well, I screwed that up. I like time for me to just tune out. Cause like I'm, I'm past, maybe you have just adult kids or they're pretty much all grown and you just think of these, Oh my goodness, if I could go back and do it differently. And in those moments, we desperately need to run to God and, and accept the grace he's offering to us and run to him. And he is, he will carry us through and not leave us in despair and just, just a circle and cycle of regret, but he and his grace gives us the power to see, okay, now what can I do as I move forward in whatever stage of parenting I'm in? Because if we're seeing ourselves, our identity is a child of the king created in God's image to glorify him, enjoy him forever. Now we're following Christ and trying to accomplish that. If we see ourselves as that, then we can accept the fact that we're going to not be perfect at it and that we um, need God's help. The uh, unlimited powers in him, not in us, except for the fact that he lives in us, but he's the perfect one. And this heart change that we want to see happen in our kids, we'll talk more about that. We can't accomplish that. I can't reach inside of my kid and reprogram the way he thinks mm-hmm. and the way he feels. God can do that. But if, if we have this twisted and we have ourselves on the throne, and we think we're the be-all, end-all, and our identity is in our parenting and how great we are at parenting, and then we don't do everything perfect, and then we come short. That's when this construct just Mm. collapses, and we're just left with despair because we were the number one being in our thinking, and we came short. God will never, ever come short. You will fail. You will come short. You are Mm. not capable as a human to accomplish everything that needs to be accomplished in leading your kid to love and follow Christ. You're not, you're not capable. There's more than you can do. Even if you never made a mistake and you're going to make mistakes. So grace, um, God's unconditional love is available to you. The love you didn't earn is available all the time. You're a child of the King and nothing can ever take that away from you. So uh, it's important that we get all of this in the right order. God's at the top. We worship him. We find our identity in him. And then we do what he's called us to do as a parent and come to him when we mess up for, uh, for grace. Amen. It's <clears throat> good stuff. That can preach right there. Hey, Jamie. I think 
I think I I just did. Hey, that's good. Thank you guys so much for listening to Beyond a Parent. Remember, parenting is beyond us, but in Christ, we have all that we need for this journey. See you guys. Peace out. Peace out.